Hello, and welcome to the OK What's Next podcast with Jason Van Ruler. Today, we have a very special guest, a really good friend of Jason's, Bob Goff. Bob is a lawyer, a speaker, and a New York Times bestselling author. He is also the founder of Love Does and works to promote human rights and education in current and reoccurring conflict zones. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of the OK What's Next podcast with Jason Van Ruler. Today, I am talking with good friend and all-around amazing person, Bob Goff. Bob, how are you? Oh, Jason, I'm just so glad we're talking. This is awesome. It is great to see your face. It really is awesome. What is next? That's great. I think that's what everybody's thinking in so many different levels. They think, what's next for my family? What's next for crazy things that are spreading around the world, what's next in my finances. So I'm just so glad you're doing this podcast. Yeah, well, thanks, Bob. You've been a big inspiration. I know that you've had lots of what's next over the years. So you, you, I think you're an expert in this area. Yes, it's like being in the witness protection program and I didn't even <laughs> rob anything. But constantly saying, hey, it's new day, new me. And mm-hmm. it's uh, all the things that I'm capable of and your listeners are capable of don't need to be the things that we're called to that we're constantly changing. So I'm thinking about the next version of me. And at 62, uh, there will be fewer next versions of me than there were at 22. But the concept is still the same. I'm constantly changing. The people that were uninspiring to me were people that reached some age, you name it, but then they stopped changing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the plan is a different one, whether faith guides your steps as it does for me and you're listening or not, Just to say, so what am I aiming for? And then take some critical path. How do I get there? Yeah. And one thing that you'll find is true, change. That's true. It's always going to happen whether we want it to or not. It's coming. Yeah. One of the things I remember, speaking of change, is we used to be able to collect these bottles when I was young. It feels like I must be older than dirt because I'm talking about things that (laughs) they don't have anymore. Bob, you're not a day over 61 uh, in my mind. Not a day over 61. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they had the things and it said redeemable mm-hmm. on it. And so now this was before anybody even came up with the word recycling. But the idea is that you would bring that Coca-Cola bottle back that you found in a park or maybe you drank it at your house, but you bring it to the grocery store and they'd give you a nickel for it. And it meant that it was like worth it. Like mm-hmm. there was something that was worth something. And so what, what I want to do is things now that are redeemable later, the things that are actually going to be worth it later, like investing in your family, that's redeemable. It just has an infinite shelf life. Maybe some of the things that you're creating, it doesn't mean that everything has to be that way, but something needs to be. What's in it for you? What's in it for me? What are some of the redeemable things that you're doing? Like what are the things that you're doing now that's worth it? Because you can't decide what's next without asking your question what's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm with you on family. I mean, I think that's first and foremost, that's the legacy I want to leave is just healthy kids and and kids that have had a lot of experiences and learned a lot about people. And I think also projects like this, I mean, this is going to hopefully last and be helpful to a lot of people and some writing and things like that. And so my my goal is kind of similar to yours. Actually, I want stuff that that lasts and that helps, I think is the primary goal. Yeah. Somebody was talking, saying not nice things about somebody else. And they said, he's not redeemable. 
And I'm mm. like, you know what? I, I would want to beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. Cause I just think we're all worth it. Now, some people have to peel back a couple layers before you get there, yep. uh, but find that idea of the clarity that comes with it. There's a guy I know named Al. He's in a class that I teach at San Quentin mm. and say Al, Al had been on death row for 30 years and actually had been scheduled to die twice. They figured out the last meal. He couldn't decide how he wanted to go, so he had somebody pick it for him. But he got taken off of death row, and so he was in the general population, and that's where we met. But they overturned the case. Really? I got a call from Al, and he said that I need a pen. I'm like, dude, you need an alibi. I mean, he said, I said, I'm like, I don't get it. Like a pen. Well, like, dude, you're in San Quentin. Is this a trick? What uh, do you mean? Are you trying to pick a lock? Are you, and why are you on the phone with me? And it turns out they'd overturned the case. They took him to the front gate. They gave him a debit card with 200 bucks on him and said, you're out. Wow. <laughs> That's it. This all happened very fast. And so there was a guy that somebody said wasn't redeemable that actually was. He was calling me from the front of the grocery store because he tried to buy a bunch of what he couldn't have in San Quentin on his first day out, like Twizzlers and yeah, all that. And uh, he just, they said, what's your pen number? He's like, dude, like <laughs> penitentiary or. <laughs> That's wrong. So, some people that are impediments to us figuring out the next thing to start thinking of them as redeemable, finding the things that are actually worth something within them. So my growing edge, I'm trying to not just find nice people, easy people, you're low hanging fruit because you're nice, you're easy, you're fun, but find somebody who's kind of a jerk in my life. I'm not, I still guard your heart. You can have appropriate boundaries, but to find the redeemable parts of them. Yeah, uh, We've had a tough go of things in our country and find a little redemption for people. I'm not saying a big religious thing. I'm just saying, find something that's worth it. What's the value of that? Because I'm, I'm all on board with you. And I actually, I for whatever reason, I tend to gravitate towards those people because I think you can learn the most. But what do you think the value for you and everybody else is in doing that? It makes me a little bit more humble when I see people that are kind of cantankerous. And some people are to just say, you know what? The people that are really difficult to be around don't think they're mean. They think they're right. Yeah. And so they think they're so right and they're not humble. It comes across as mean. And so to uh, maybe to resolve once again, for me to not put an emphasis on being right all the time, I'm not saying going out and do wrong, but I'm not trying to put somebody else out or make myself feel a little bit taller by making them feel a little bit shorter. Yep. I'm not like the guy going around taking people out at the knees. What I want to do is spend some time seeing some beauty, even in the most difficult person, a couple of people come to mind. Yep. They say like, I wonder where that is. And like really, really not in a sarcastic way, but to say, I bet there's some beauty in there. I bet the love of a child, the good lasting friendship they may have had, even though they don't seem to be good at them. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I could then start creating those things in my life that would reflect those values that I want to ask somebody else to fix in their life. I wonder if, well, how can I be like a more humble version of Bob? Yeah. Instead of thinking about what a screwed up version of them they are to think of my own like edges that need some rounding out. Absolutely. And I, I think that would be the shelf life of a cumulative 
those touches. Somebody was saying, how do you get to the moon to one of the astronauts? And they said a thousand mid-course corrections. <laughs> That's about right. I love that. That is about That's right. Buddy, you've been reading my mail. So if somebody says, what are you doing today? Mid-course correction. Mid-course correction all day yes. long. Have yeah. you ever met anybody you couldn't do that with? So have you ever met somebody so cantankerous that either they just transcended your ability to, to find that beauty? Because I have had similar instances, have not been able to find anybody that that happened with. Have you? Yeah, well, I was thinking about that guy that I wrote about named Kabi, who is a witch doctor who tried to kill the kid that I ended up becoming the legal guardian of. He was a pretty hard guy to warm up to. And I put him on death row. We tried Uganda's first death penalty case against this guy. And there's a really dramatic moment in a trial where the judge in Uganda will take the pen, sign the death warrant, break the pen, and throw it off the table. Oh. And he says, what's been done today will never be undone. Like, there's just a finale. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is dramatic. So I'm just so glad that in my life, people have given me like kind of a do-over. The leading edge for me with Kabi was trying to find something that was redeemable in him. And so, and I would be the first to admit, I didn't see it. I mean, like, I'm the guy that put him there. But what I want to do is to say, if I could get in proximity to somebody, what would happen in my life? Yeah. Instead of isolating myself, I'm recognizing that take Jesus and the people that he spent his whole life engaging those were the people I've spent my whole life avoiding yep. and to say, what if I could get in proximity to some people? The crazy part is that if you're in proximity to them, you might get some on you. Yeah. Like you'll be misunderstood. You'll be, mm -hmm. you may not even understand yourself. You're going to hear some ways to describe things that have like laced with a bunch of F-bombs that may not be your first pick in terms of how to communicate. But one of the things that will happen is that it's going to, grow empathy. I'll have a point of connection. And it's frankly, it's easier to spend my day with you drinking cocoa and talking. That sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. You're like safe and all that, but I'm, I guess I'm not trying to live a safe life. So when somebody says stay safe, I'm like, actually, uh, what about living a little riskier to see what will happen? We've got this farm I've told you about, and there's a bull there and it's black and it's got horns. And I was wondering, like, I wonder if I could ride that thing. <laughs> this is great. I will call the ambulance. Let's give it a shot. Yes. This is good. And so I was actually briefly on the top of this before I wasn't, but I'm just so glad I knew, I mean, you don't have to work for NASA to see the trajectory yeah. of where that story was going, but to even see some of the trajectory might be very uncomfortable spending as much time that I do with guys in prison, it's probably setting me up for a home invasion, you know, <laughs> I should just pack, put the flat screen by the front door you right could, now. You could make it um, easier. Yeah. But <laughs> paper or plastic, <laughs> but to say, you know, it would be worth it. Cause I want to live a life engaged. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like act noble. I want to be noble. And there um, is a difference. Yeah. So I want to like actually engage service, what you sell, say everything that you talk to everybody about, are, are you willing to actually do some of it? And you know me well enough to know I'm on the steep end of the learning curve on all this stuff. But if nothing else, I'm engaged. I want to push the envelope. I want to see what would happen if we really started seeing people as being worth it, like that they're mm -hmm. redeemable. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us are waiting to hear that. 
And so that would just empower so many people to do that. What I wonder is, have you always kind of had this view or is this something that's taken you a while to realize? Early on, I didn't grow up. Faith wasn't a big deal for me. Then I met a couple people that it was a big deal for them, but they actually seemed pretty militant. They actually seemed like jerks. Okay. <laughs> if you That's pull the off the top, it was like, oh, heavens, everything was so black and white and you're either with us or against us. And I'm not like handing out the team jerseys. I think this idea that there's so much power and availability to one another and to be available to the things and the beauty around you. There was a guy I've sailed to Hawaii a couple of times and back, and which is cracks me up because I just throw up the whole way. Like it sounds, sounds like so fun. Awesome, this sounds good. Really, you saw the camp, you know, the end of camp slideshow. It's mostly me just puking the it's whole way. It's just you bent over the back. Yep, this yeah. is great. And then, and probably as I'm told, like childbirth is, you just forget how horrible it is. And so you re-up again. So we're just in the stage of planning this next trip. And I'm like, I'm just going to hurl the whole way. Like they're saying, like, what food should we pack? I'm like, none for me, thanks. <laughs> Liquid diet only, please. Liquid yes. would be great. So one of the things about this intention about why you're going to do what you do is to have a destination that's worth going to. Mm-hmm. If somebody said, you know, you're going to go throw up for three weeks and you'll end up in Lodi, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. I'm good. I'll pass. But if you say you'll actually end up in Maui or something, you'd be like, you know what? Even though I'm going to hurl... It might be cool to have arrived there. Yeah. And so what I hope when you're thinking about what's next is people will pick destinations for their life, not their vacation, but for their life that Mm -hmm. are worth arriving at. And so pick something beautiful. And sorry if you're from Lodi, but I just got (laughs) to speak the truth, but ugly. But what we need to do is like pick destinations where there's a little bit more beauty. And I think this isn't just a bunch of homogenous people that look like me and you. It'll look a little bit more. I feel like the heaven's going to look more like the DMV with a lot of people and hopefully not as long of lines, but that it'll be a very rich mixture. And when I do a quick audit of my friends that are important to me and the people that are teaching me, I want to make sure it looks more like the DMV. But without the frustration, correct? Without the frustration. When you get to the front of the line, be like, you're in the wrong line. (laughs) I'm sorry. You'll need a ticket and we'll take you to the next one. And this is, I I don't actually think that's heaven. That might be described as something else. I think I just described somewhere else. Be like, where'd you get the horns? (laughs) Nice I didn't see those at the DMV last time. Yeah, yeah. This is is the wrong spot. But I'm with you. I mean, I I think part of the problem with getting started and going to what's next is that if we don't have that destination, that is really meaningful to us, it is super hard to get the motivation to, to go for it, right? And find things that are really worth pursuing with all the energy that you're going to do. Like if you want a convertible Porsche, that's fine. Go get two of them, but it's just going to cost you a bunch of money. It's going to break down. And if you're in a hurry, like again, go get one if it'll help you along your way. But to say what I want to do, irrespective of the car that I take, is I want to have some good friends to go with. Mm-hmm. I want to have a couple people that I'd want to do a road trip with. And so it transcends all the material things. Get the house, get the car, get the whatever, if that's helpful to you. But to say, is this going to be the ability for you to just release a lot of beauty into the lives of the people you love, starting with your family? Like, just start with them. That's not selfish. That's super smart. And to say, so do I have some more bandwidth? And if you don't, heavens, don't go across the ocean. To say, stick close to home, just tend to your fire. 
And then to say, if I do have some bandwidth, what would make sense? Maybe what if I just go across the street? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound glamorous, but it sounds like what God told those people to do to take care of their neighbor. And then if you have some more bandwidth beyond that, you might redefine neighbor as including people from far away. The crazy thing is about the more we make ourselves available to that, the more the people know that we're available to that. I literally got a call from Afghanistan. There's somebody in Afghanistan up in the hills because he heard I was in their village. Okay. Here's the thing. The Taliban took over this village in the mountains in Afghanistan. They took all of the tanks from the Afghan military and all their weapons. Uh, the military ran away, but the people in the village rose up and took them back. And you know what they did? They painted, I had heard about this. I wanted to see it myself. They painted all of the tanks to look like ladybugs. You are not going to see this on CNN, but they look like ladybugs. I'm like, these are my people. So I said, let's start a school here. And somehow the word got to this guy in that village in Afghanistan who got to a phone and called me today. And I'll tell you that wouldn't have happened had I just been reading about it, but get some skin in the game. And again, go to the end of the street, not to the end of the earth. Just go like right there. But if the opportunity presents itself, go wherever the opportunities are. And uh, there's something of you when I think what's next mm-hmm. is greater impact, more focus, more sense of purpose and direction. Know the destination you want to go and how you get there, whether you're hurling on the boat or, or the convertible or whatever, walking on a trail in an Afghan village or whatever, get there. Yeah. And that journey is the beauty of it, right? Is the fact that we can't script it. We can't control it. it it's just going to happen how it happens. Yes. And what about bringing a couple of friends with you that that would be beautiful and noble and awesome. And to say, discounting this idea of kind of missionary, that sounds like loving somebody with an agenda. And it's one of my it, favorite you know, things to do, Bob. I, yeah. I love the agenda piece. It's just, I love it. And when you got the big agenda, then you got a program. Yeah. But if you just have big love, you just have friends. And then stuff just happens. And usually it's better than you would have expected. Yes. And you don't need to put your name on it. You don't have to have matching jerseys. Uh, Think of these things as like a watermark that you leave in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Like only when they hold it up to the light, they would see that you were there. So I think less emblems, more watermarks, fewer icons, Even though faith is important to me, religious icons aren't. And so I'm not throwing that under the bus. I just, that isn't a motivator for me. And even Jesus talked about that. You can either have a little golf clap right now, or you can talk to him about it for eternity. And I'm like, I'm going for door number two. That Um, sounds better. Yeah. Which is actually a problem for a guy that writes books and gives talks and all that. Because I talk about all this thing. I'm afraid I'm going to not have anything to say when I get up there. I'll say, you know, the time they like, I heard the podcast. Like, I read that. Oh, the other time you're like, yeah, yeah, I read the book. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think I'm totally hosed. <laughs> I'm confused because I took the Porsche thing literally, Bob. And so now I've got two. I don't know what to do with them. I'm just, I'm going to have to start over. So this is, yeah. this is news to me today. I, I will I'll do that. Do it for you. Sure. I have this old Jeep I think I told you about earlier. Yeah. It's an old Willys Jeep and I've got brakes put on it. It's been helpful. So far it had like gears, but no brakes. Now I got brakes, but now the engine doesn't run that great. And so I think that's what happens when you're as old as me, because I'm as old as the Willys. Like there's just, if it's not one thing, it's 
to other things. And so instead of seeing these, these disruptions of my life, I just go, that's the way it works. It's yeah. like more complicated, but it's also kind of more awesome. This thing tops out at about 32 miles an hour going downhill. But I'm like, I'm so that it's an old word. It yeah. works. There will be blood in your urine. Like there are no shocks. It's just like, <laughs> like it's 45 minutes later. I'm still jiggling. That's great. And you go to the chiropractor and it's a good day. This is all yeah. wonderful. You know, Bob, I got to ask, have you ever heard of the icon? It's called Derelict, but they take these old cars and then they put new insides in them. Have you ever heard of this? No. Is that that place? There's one out of... Wyoming. I was, I, I'm not quite coveting, but right on the edge. Okay. Uh, they take the old Dodge power wagons yep. and then they put a whole new everything in them. It's yeah. Like $200,000. Yeah. That's about right. I'm like, Oh my gosh. That's about I was right. like, yeah, I took a screenshot of one of those. I sent this to my son. I said only 300 more shopping days before Christmas. <laughs> and then he told me what they cost. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. If you saw my 2001 Suburban, it's mostly it looks like <laughs> six inches of Cheetos that are like well, you well need that. played. What if you're hungry? What if yeah. you're hungry? I know if you get a flat tire, be like, you could live off that car for a month. Well, I tell you that because I think you're that way, Bob. I want to be that way. It's the the whole idea is that the frame is rusted out and it's older, but the insides are all new and they're running well. And I think that's like exactly what you're talking about, right? Is we're going to age, but how do we have that brand new engine that keeps us roaring for the things that are important? Yeah. New creation. Find the things that are going to outlast you. Find the things that would like actually before you give your life to it. What if you find those things that would give its life for you? Yeah. And so you'll find that. And if National Geographic is it for you, then like, awesome, go for it. Perfect. Uh, but I would find the things that would actually lay down their life for you. And I'd lay down my life for that stuff. Yeah. And if we know what we give our life for, then we'll know what we give our time to. Yeah. And we might say, well, I'm spending a lot of time in a job that it doesn't move the needle in my life. It doesn't, and it's an honorable thing to make rent and mm -hmm. all that and to bag groceries, whatever it is, work is honorable, most of it. But I want to say like, so what is lifting your eyes a little bit to what might be possible? What would be the next version? What would be a courageous step for your listeners to make to get to the next place, to find a destination worth all the difficulty of getting there? Yeah, even if it does require three weeks of throwing There's going to be setbacks too. There's a friend who was going to do the Iditarod. And so he did all the training for it, all the run-up, all the qualification things. And then COVID happened, they canceled it. Mm. He's like, dude, I've been living with 12 Huskies for a year. I've been for training. nothing. For absolutely I've nothing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. But the dogs all. enjoyed it. The dogs yeah. enjoyed it, Bob. <laughs> it doesn't it would they didn't even get the call of the wild shout out there was like nothing. Oh. a lot of shivering and curled up with puppies but uh, he had this beautiful ambition and he said you know what i've trained and i've trained and I've trained and it's a disappointment but you know what there is next year yep. and so what he's going to do instead of bailing out some of job's friends said curse god and die he's like no no i'm gonna continue to train and continue to get this that's the kind of resilience I want. I don't want to like have trust in a circumstance to push me or you off of something really important. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. You know, Bob, every time I talk to you, I leave the conversation inspired. I don't think today is any different. I'm waiting for the day where I talk to you and I'm like, eh, just didn't really oh, do it today, Bob. Same way, grabbing time with you. This has been good. This has been really good. I will link to everything because I think if you're ready to take the next step, Bob is a great help to do that. And Bob, just think the world of you. So thanks for being on today. Thanks a million. Hey, everyone. Jason Van Ruler here again. Wanted to check in and just say, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. At the end of every interview, I sit down for a couple of minutes with my journal and my pen, and I write down what I took away from that. And I have to tell you, I mean, this season, I have taken away so much. It's just like I'm learning. This is like a huge education for me. And so I hope it is for you, too, and that you're enjoying the show so far. If you are, now might be a good time for me to tell you a little bit about my goal for 2021, which is to help a thousand people realize their what's next. And so if you're like me and you want to help other people do that, I'd ask, could you leave a positive review if you're liking the show or subscribe or even maybe share that? I think the more that we share this information and get it out, the more people see that they can do it too. Lastly, thanks for listening. This show has been such a blessing in my life. I could not have imagined how this would have gone in this journey. And so I just thank you for being part of it.